Welcome to Episode 9, Strong Women Characters. On this episode, we discuss movies that contain some of our favorite women characters. Johnny talks about his favorite strong character from the Swedish trilogy, which includes the girl with the dragon tattoo. Eddie shares characters from the Marvel and DC movie universes. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage, take a seat, and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome back. I'm Johnny Popcorn. And I'm Eddie Kleeg, and we're talking movies. You know, Eddie, usually I have a few words to say before I ask you the key question. Well, I'm kind of excited about what I think we're going to talk about today, that I'm just going to go right to it. Where are we going today, Eddie? You usually say a few words? Is that what you just said? Well, yeah, I okay. know. It. So I'm thinking we're at episode nine, right? Is right. this episode nine already? Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we've talked about Denzel Washington, Ridley Scott. A lot of male characters, male. I think it's probably should have happened earlier. How about we're talking strong woman characters? That works for me. And, and you're right. We have been wanting to do this for a while, so we finally got around to doing it. And first, let me say that we understand that American movies have always had some strong, memorable women characters. And I guess if we go all the way back to the earliest days of film, Cleopatra or any portrayal of Queens, for example, could be easily identified as a strong character. And in our last episode, we spoke of Katherine Hepburn's award-winning performance as Eleanor of Aquitaine in The Lion in Winter. But aside from historical royals, American films have a host of strong individual women in major roles. Eddie, I think few could argue with Scarlett O'Hara being considered a strong character. Of course, she often used feminine wiles along with her considerable intelligence to achieve her goals. And again, though slight in build, Katherine Hepburn held her own and generally controlled or outsmarted her male co-stars. Her 12 Oscar nominations and four wins attest to the audiences realizing that. And Maureen O'Hara, in stature and aggressiveness, could handle herself in nearly any situation, and she certainly could stand up to John Wayne. And their long-term screen pairings has only solidified that image. And in our conversation on Ridley Scott, we mentioned the independent women in Thelma and Louise. And more recently... You noted that the math and engineering prowess of the African-American women overcame prejudice in hidden figures. And in On the Basis of Sex, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had to use intelligence and perseverance to overcome the stigma of being a woman and Jewish to break into the legal field. But today, we are discussing the more recent trend, which we kind of enjoy, that has seen women characters, many now played by what most people would say leading ladies, that are action-oriented and capable of punching, kicking, shooting, or stabbing those who oppose them. Now, several possess, which Eddie's going to talk about, possess incredible powers they can employ when the need arises. And in other words, these women are not waiting for someone to recognize their capabilities. Rather, they're asserting their place, often seeking to right wrongs, even through violence, if necessary. And Eddie and I believe the films we chose for today reflect this trend. And these films also are highly entertaining, especially because the women in these roles are in roles that we might never have expected to see them in. Why don't you start off, Eddie? you got a special world you want to go into. The world of superheroes. I mean, if you're looking for strong women characters, especially ones with superpowers of sorts, you don't have to look any further than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. There are several of them, and actually long overdue, 
but just about a year ago, there was the movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp, which was the first ever superhero movie that actually had the female character in the title in the Marvel Universe. And of course, a year or so before that, Wonder Woman was the other one. So at least in the Marvel Universe, there were a lot of strong female characters. So I'm just going to go down a list of some that I wrote down here. We'll start out with the first one that's come since the Marvel Universe started back in Iron Man 2. You have uh, Natasha Romanoff. She's the Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson. Pretty cool. She doesn't have superhero powers. Now, she is a, a trained assassin, so she knows karate, judo, kung fu, all that good stuff. She fits right in the category. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she does have signature weapons like batons, Glock 26S guns. Uh, more recently, like electrically discharging bracelets and batons and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And she's been in... Iron Man 2, which she kicked butt in Iron Man 2. The, the best scene that she was in, I thought, in Iron Man 2. All heck breaks loose at the, the Stark Fair, I guess it's called, or whatever. She takes off in the car with Happy, who's Tony's bodyguard. Um, they head over to uh, the compound where they believe Whiplash is, who's played by Mickey Rourke. And when they go in there, Happy's fighting this one guy. It's taking forever. I don't know if you saw, saw this scene or not. It's, it's pretty funny. And she's going through these halls and she's getting people all different. She probably ran through 10 people doing all kinds of gymnastics and stuff. And then he got done with his first guy. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. The character's in several movies. It got Iron Man 2, Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Captain America, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. And, and the next, and actually will be her final MCU movie will be a Black Widow prequel that's due to hit theaters May of 2020. That's the first one on my list. Too bad they don't hook her up with Spider-Man. No, she's too old. He's a <laughs> he's a high school kid. <laughs> Actually, she, before Infinity War, Age of Ultron in there, there was a, a relationship budding between her and Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. That was really the only like love interest she's had. She's mostly kicking butt. So also... This one's a smaller character in the scope of all the movies. She's been in a couple, and that is the character of Hope Van Dyne. She's the Wasp, played by, <laughs> how do you say her name? Evangeline. Evangeline Lilly. That's one heck of a name. So she doesn't have any special powers or anything like that, but she is armed with the technology just like Ant-Man. Her father, who is the original Ant-Man, played by Michael Douglas, and her mother is the original Wasp, and her mother is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. She is pretty cool with the way that she does her martial arts and flies around and hits the shrink button just at the right time, and those scenes are pretty intense. Any of these scenes from these guys, it's all... I'm sorry, these gals are all... Uh, <laughs> yes, we're in the right gender uh, here. <laughs> ...are all pretty amazing. And the last movie she was in was Avengers Endgame. The character will appear in a... I don't know if there's going to be an Ant-Man 2. There might be. We'll see. Next is uh, Gamora, played by Zoe Slandana. She is uh, Gamora. Gamora is the has the green complexion. And uh, she is the adopted, I guess, daughter of Thanos. Well, she's trained to be a ruthless assassin, but she does have a conscience and knows that if Thanos, if he was to get a hold of all of the stones that wanted to get a hold of, that uh, the universe was in trouble. So she actually ended up joining 
the Guardians of the Galaxy, which was, was pretty cool. Helped them save the universe. Uh, she was first in Guardian Galaxy Volume 1, Volume 2, okay. Avengers Infinity War, Endgame. And there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 that should be hitting theaters in 2021. I don't know if you want to elaborate any more well, on Zoe. So, yeah, Zoe, obviously she got a chance to use her assassin skills in another film called Columbiana, or Columbiana, however you want to pronounce it, uh, where she takes on basically a bunch of drug lords, and she she's pretty ruthless. Everything from, well, she used about every weapon she can, she can find, including some dogs. You know, she was also um, Lieutenant Ahura, she appeared in Star Trek. Star Trek, mm-hmm. which she kicked butt on that, too. Uh, next, we got Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. She's played by Elizabeth Olsen. She was a Hydra volunteer to be a guinea pig with her brother because they were on this mission to get at Tony Stark because they blamed him for the death of their parents because their city, their their country, was being bombarded with bombs from some bad guy, and one of the bombs landed right in front of them and didn't blow up, but it said Stark Enterprises on it, so that wasn't a good thing for Tony. But going in and what she was exposed to, she's got some pretty cool powers. Mental manipulation by telepathy, telekinesis, levitation, energy blasts. She was first in Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, the two, uh, the Infinity War and Endgames. And actually, her character will be in a miniseries with Vision on the soon-to-be-released Disney Plus streaming service. So she'll be in one of those crossover type of things. A couple more here in the Marvel Universe. Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson. She's an Asgardian. And like most Asgardians... Who are these people? <laughs> you got to watch the movies. You say you're a big movie fan, but you don't watch superhero movies. Yeah. Well, you do. But I do. I have selective superhero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, she has super strength, stamina, speed, durability, reflexes. She's an expert pilot and uses a double-edged sword. She first appeared in Thor Ragnarok and also appeared in Avengers Endgame. There is a new Thor movie that's going to be coming out. I'm sure she'll be in it. Okay, here's a couple more names I'm going to mess up. <laughs> Okayo, Okia, Ok. What do you think? You want to take a stab at this? Okoye? I don't know. This guy, I don't know. So it's a gal. This lady, we, we, I, this lady, strong I women characters. <laughs> yeah. <I> got... <laughs> uh, played by. I'm in the wrong universe. <laughs> <laughs> played by Danny Dania. Oh, I'm terrible at this. Anyway, Guerrero, whatever. But she is the leader of the Wakanda elite bodyguards. Uh-huh. She is a fierce female fighter, that's for sure. She can take on multiple bad guys at once with her deadly precision using her collapsible vibranium spear. First appeared in Black Panther, also Infinity Wars, Endgames, and she will appear in Black Panther 2, which is due in theaters in 2022. And last but not least of the strong women characters, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, played by Brie Larson. One of the most powerful overall characters in the MCU. She's unbelievable. I mean, she's it's crazy. She was a ace Air Force pilot who, after crashing an experimental aircraft, was exposed to the power that was used to power that aircraft. It's from the Tesseract. I don't know if you know what the Tesseract is, but if you watched back in, uh, actually, from the beginning, 
it was kind of in most of the movies in one way or another. In there is one of the stones that Thanos uses. I can't remember which stone it is, but it's a blue, a nice blue stone. Very powerful. Anyway, she gains superhuman strength, speed, endurance, and stamina. She can project and absorb energy, and she has the ability to fly. First appeared in, of course, Captain Marvel, 2019, and she was in Avengers Endgame. I believe Brie signed a contract for a few more movies, so I'm sure we're going to see her again. Well, I would think so. They made a ton of money off of Captain Marvel. Got good reviews. I read somewhere that Disney bought the Marvel Universe for $3 billion, mm-hmm. and they've already made $30 billion altogether off of it. It's a pretty good return uh, Yeah. <laughs> in 10 years. We're going to leave the universe for it. We're going to switch universes, come kind of back down to Earth. Here's a movie that uh, talk about uh, Charlize Theron, a favorite of ours. We also like this movie a lot. Talking about Atomic Blonde, where she plays a top MI6 agent, who the name is Lorraine Broughton. She sent to Berlin on the eve of the collapse of the communist control of, of Berlin to retrieve a list of double agents being smuggled into the West. And she stars with James McAvoy. She provides several slam-bang moments, and she exhibits an athletic yet lethal grace, wouldn't you agree, as she handles the bad guys. The realism of the fight sequences kept me wondering, how is she not getting hurt? And I saw online somebody said, I can't believe she's kicking these guys around like this in this movie. And if you might remember, she's, she's played some other tough roles. Here's a couple... You, you might remember this, that she played the talented safecracker seeking revenge on Ed Norton in the remake of The Italian Job back in 2003, and that was with Mark Wahlberg. The great sequence in L.A. when they're driving around in those multicolored, uh, different colored Mini Coopers yeah, going little, in and yep. out of traffic and stopping yeah. the lights and everything. That was pretty cool. But uh, she seems to like the chance to play against her beauty which is obviously exhibited on TV and in media advertisements for a variety of products. But she does this whenever possible. And you can't get much, in my mind, you can't get much better than her really gritty, anti-beautiful characterization of what I called the tanker-driving, one-armed, shaved-head appearance she made in Mad Max Fury Road. And I loved her and Tom Hardy in this, but I got to say... When I was watching it, I had no idea that it was a film that would win six Oscars out of ten nominations. But this, the CG, the special effects, it's its a wild race. That's one I haven't seen, but you've, you've talked about it before. It, it's unbelievable. It really? really it's six Oscars, huh? Wow. Yeah, only six. <laughs> Jeez. And here's another one. Eddie and I had actually seen her in a couple other movies, didn't realize who she was other than the fact that she was acting until we saw her alongside Tom Cruise in the last two Mission Impossible movies. I thought she was British, but she's actually a Swedish actress. And we're talking about Rebecca Ferguson. We liked both those films, didn't we, Eddie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Rogue Nation and Fallout. I think they were probably the best two. Yeah, Ghost Recon was one. It was good, too. But, yeah, definitely. She's she's awesome. And- she's a kicking, karate, chopping, gun-wielding, motorcycle-riding MI6 agent in this. And her name is Ilsa Faust. That All that action got my attention. She also appeared on board the Doom spaceship in Life 2017, which we saw along with Jake Gyllenhaal. And she played, and I haven't seen this. I've been wanting to see it with uh, Jackman, but she played Jenny Lind in a movie you really liked. The Greatest Showman. Yeah. 
interesting thing in that movie. She didn't sing the parts that she had, although, like Hugh Jackman, she did minor, I think minor, in opera when they were in college. Both of them did, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, here's another actress that I've seen almost everything she's made, and she's made a lot of films. And, Eddie, I know you like her. We saw her in Passengers together when she played the space uh, thing along with Chris Pratt. We're talking about Jennifer Lawrence, who plays Katniss in the Hunger Games series, where she exhibits tremendous courage, as well as skill in her ability to survive the challenges of those deadly games. Now, from this role, and she also is in one of your superhero movies, right? She's in the X-Men series, right? Yeah, she's part of the, the what they call the first class, the newer movies. She plays uh, Raven. Oh, yeah. It's kind of confusing. Mystique, who turns into Raven, or Raven that turns into Mystique. Oh, I know. She keeps changing remember. colors and everything. The X-Men series, I'm a little more familiar with than some of the others. Eventually came in, through all the roles she's done, she eventually came into the realm of what we're talking about, and when that was a spy thriller. She is the trained, sexually enticing hit woman in The Red Sparrow. From my perspective, again, is my opinion, while she, along with Jeremy Irons, makes the film interesting, there's a sense of voyeuristic exploitation hanging over the story. Basically, she's seen in a lot of situations that, frankly, they could have probably done without in the movie, from my viewpoint. But anyway, she's very good in it. And now, Eddie, let's bring up one that you've been touting for a couple of weeks, and that's the movie that stars Jennifer Garner. Nice, sweet, likable, intelligent Jennifer Garner in the movie Peppermint, which came out in 2018. You like that movie. We both like that movie. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that uh, Ben Affleck... Uh behave you would think he would actually i don't think he behaves but he should behave because it's crazy what she can do this yeah. this movie is is wild yeah well following the loss of her family in a drive-by shooting her character riley north seeks revenge against corrupt cops judges and the drug lord and henchmen responsible for the for for the killing so sweet gentle jennifer turns into a literal killing machine as she uses a variety of ingenious methods to get even. And I've got a comment here. This role is a long way from being the girlfriend of, oh no. Here we go again. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Not again. In draft day, which we talked about with the Cleveland connection during our baseball series. There he is. He just keeps popping up in these movies. Oh, and this is going to cross over into your universe, one of your universes again. The next one I have is the same one that's on your list. Gal Gadot. Oh, that's right. They uh, starred in The Criminal together. Yeah, yeah. She get, and she's the reason we're talking about her here is because she is oh Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, she, I get it. She's a yeah. Okay. The former Israeli model and soldier makes the Amazon Princess Diana, who we know as Wonder Woman. As far, from my standpoint, she truly came to life on the screen. I think once we saw it, we realized the casting was absolutely perfect. I thought so. Yeah, definitely. That's when they, they took their time on picking out who they were going to use. And I think they did a great job. To go back to Peppermint, mm -hmm. we kind of yeah. flew over yep, that a yep. little bit. It's just amazing. She disappears for, what is it, like four years or yeah, something Yeah, four like or that. five years and after the And then she killings. comes back right around the anniversary of when her family was killed. And then all of a sudden, I mean, she's going nuts. She was hanging. She hung three three guys from the top of a Ferris wheel. I don't know how she did it, but she did it. <laughs> and uh, the the people in that uh, that section of uh, of the city was like the slums. Yeah, or a lot of homeless people. Homeless yeah. people, mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, well, 
there were no uh, no one was being bad or anything like that because she was protecting that area as well as when she was doing all of her looking into people and the judge, I believe. See, when she was before she left, when she was in front of the judge, she realizes that her attorney, the judge, everybody is on the payroll of whatever the organization is or the, the gang, I guess you'd say, of these people that killed her family. So when she came back, uh, she went into the judge's house and stapled his hands to the desk and planted a bomb. And I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty cool watching her do that. It's, it's crazy. Well, of all these, I mean, this is almost the greatest against type casting that you could find. I mean, to go from the kind of roles that she's normally been in. I mean, she's been in the mother roles with a sick child and all this stuff that comes across very nicely, politely, and so on. Uh, and here she is, an avenging angel. <laughs> yeah, which is what is that? What they call her? Some sort of angel? Some an angel? Yep, she was. Yeah. But Wonder Woman, I I thought was a terrific film, and of course, there's going to be a, another one. Yeah, it comes out next year. It's set in the '80s, bringing it up to date because we were at the World War One period here at the beginning. And Chris Pine, of course, is love interest. He made the he really enhanced. I thought the connection there bringing her into the human, you know, the human world here. And he's actually in the next one. It's a secret. They won't let it out on what he's playing since he looked like he uh, blew up in the last movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a relative of his or if it, it's probably just a flashback scene. Yeah, definitely, definitely an awesome movie. And I think her appearance in, uh, what was it, uh, Batman uh, versus Superman, the Affleck and uh, Henry Cavill movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she was in that one, and I thought she was probably the best thing. I didn't like the movie all that well. I thought she was terrific in that. And as we said, in case you missed it, this is the same woman who plays the girlfriend of, yes, Kevin Costner. Not again. In the movie The Criminal. Actually, in The Criminal, she's actually the girlfriend of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. And Ryan Reynolds' conscience is in the crim- is put into Kevin Costner, Kevin, who, who is, is the criminal. Yeah, he was the guy in... <laughs> In jail, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Dr. Tommy Lee Jones was... Yeah, was, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go back to your universe, and there, I'm going to make one more comment here about what I considered, of all these kind of roles, this lady, I think, has made the most impact, and I, I still love her. And that's Elizabeth Salander who is the main character in Stig Larsson's The Swedish Writers Trilogy, which began with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Girl Who Played with Fire, and The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. And the lady who plays that role is Numi Rapace. And she's been in, she was in Prometheus. She's in Unlocked, which is another kind of a, a thriller, uh, international thriller type thing. But this is my favorite avenging angel in this trend. And if you're going to watch these movies, I suggest you watch the Swedish versions. They're in English. If you're not familiar with the character, she was a victim of sexual abuse. And she has somewhat bizarre appearance. She's got a lot of piercings. She dresses with, with a mohawk and, and wild clothing. She uses her anger along with her capable computer skills, she's a great hacker. She can hack into anything. To seek revenge on those who harm women, as well as those who perpetuate it. Evil guys in the in the uh, system, so to speak. Now, Michael Nyquist, who's kind of a favorite of ours, and John Wick, he's the villain in the first 
John Wick film. He plays the writer in here, helps solve a murder in the first film. Now, the American version, which most people might be familiar with, Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara, it's a pretty good film, but the Swedish film is better. This thing was also reprised recently, the role of Elizabeth by Claire Foy. That's Queen Elizabeth again. And yeah, with Queen Elizabeth with her tattoos just, and stuff yep, on her. In a nice reprise in the more recent The Girl in the Spider's Web. But Elizabeth Salander is a terrific character, one of those unique novel characters that's been translated to the screen. So if you haven't seen him, get the Swedish version. At least watch the first one. She's in all three of them. It's pretty, pretty violent. That's my comment there. So we go back to your universe quickly. Yeah, we're going to go to the DC universe real quick. In the movies, um, strong characters. Got to go back and try to think about it a little bit. But Anne Hathaway as Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. I loved her. Loved that film. Loved that, loved that film. Yeah, the whole series. That's that's. And then Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman in Batman Returns. And I just it just dawned on me there was also a movie called Catwoman mm-hmm. with um, Halle Berry. I believe. Yeah, Halle Berry. Halle Berry's been in a bunch of. She she was a Bond girl. But she is, but we're not going to talk about it in this episode because we're waiting for the Keanu Reeves series when we'll revisit Halle Berry. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. She gets her chance to join this this group. She gets a chance to join this group of ladies who've moved over into... Kick-ass mode, as I say. Oh, some of the, so We'll okay, leave that yeah, one yeah, for okay. another day. We're gonna we're gonna be spending some time I, with Mister Reeves. <laughs> yeah, it's bringing back a bunch of memories with her dogs <laughs> and stuff. But anyways, so and then Viola Davis plays Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad. She's one tough cookie. She's the person in the Suicide Squad who comes up with the Task Force X. You know, she's in charge of them. And well, we there's a. Uh, Another movie then, she's also, and she crossed over into the, the other universe here in Widows. Oh, that's right. Widows. That was a good movie as well. Yeah, where she gets the group of wives together on a revenge mission against the people who set up their husbands to be shot down by the cops during a robbery. Yep. So I didn't realize she'd already had her, she'd already prepared for that role. Yeah, she was, t- I mean, she wasn't afraid to kill people in Suicide Squad. It was, it was crazy. Also, Natalie Portman, I, I didn't write that in, I didn't put it in my notes, but just thinking about it, V is for Vendetta. Oh, yes. That's, that's a DC character. Oh, really? That's a terrific film. I, I mean, it. it's played on, I don't know how well it did at the box office. And if you haven't seen it, you probably want to look at it. It's, it's a revolutionary type film against oppressive uh, government based on the historical Guy Fawkes. And they still celebrate Guy Fawkes Day in uh, England. He tried, he was Planning to blow up Parliament. Well, they caught him and he was executed. But the guy's mask, it's a terrific film. You never see the main character because he wears this mask the entire time. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie, but I know you, you've you've mentioned it before. Two other people in the DC Universe. Princess Mira, played by Amber Heard, was in Aquaman, which was a huge hit here recently. She kicks butt pretty good and underwater. There is the one scene, though, when they're in uh, Sicily, I think, and they're jumping over rooftops. And I won't even mention that she's also, I believe, in another KC movie, meaning Kevin Costner. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget the title. It's where he's he's actually, he's a, he's a CIA guy, and he thinks he's dying or is dying, and she's a, she's a contact to get the job done. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Amber Heard. I'll have to double. We have to check that on the Wayback Machine. But 
I'm pretty sure. So there he is again, folks. Yep. <laughs> the, the last character I'm going to mention in DC is Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, and that also was in the Suicide Squad. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Originally, she was Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel, a former psychiatrist employed at Arkham Asylum. She was uh, assigned to Joker and became obsessed with him, fell in love with him. Like I said, she went cuckoo, helped him escape. He threw her in a, a silo of chemicals, and she emerged as Harley Quinn. She runs around with Joker. Joker's her, her man, um, and she assisted him when... Robin was murdered. You know, which brings to mind, there is a new Joker movie coming out, which is very, very dark. We've seen the trailer for it with Joaquin Phoenix, and it looks a little twisted. Really oh, twisted. A little. <laughs> I'm not even I sure. I don't know if I am. <laughs> so from watching the trailer, we saw it twice in the theater, and on the big screen, it's really creepy. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I say there's some movies I try not to go to just because I'm afraid I'm really going to be upset, and that might be one of them, because he's, I thought he was retiring. I don't think so. I guess not. <laughs> Didn't he go, like, for a year without talking? Or Yeah, I don't know. He, he dropped off the, the yeah. radar screen for a Crazy. while. But anyways, um, so she's in jail. She's recruited into the Task Force X by Amanda Waller. It, it's, it's just funny, a bunch of dangerous criminals out fighting for the government in exchange for time off of their sentences. There's this one scene where they're they're going down a, an abandoned road with shops as they're walking by, and she takes her bat and breaks the glass and grabs, I think it was a purse, might have been something else, but I think it was a purse. And the guy, Rick Flagg, who's this military guy, who's Amanda Waller's uh, eyes and ears, and he kind of keeps everybody in line. Uh, she breaks it, steals it, and, and he says, seriously, what's wrong with you people? And she snaps back, we're bad guys. What did you expect? I mean, what, what do you think we're going to do? Anyways, besides Suicide Squad, Robbie's Harley Quinn will be in, I, I kid not, this is the name of the movie, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's the name of the whole movie due in theaters 2020. There's also a new Suicide Squad. It is not going to be a sequel, although most of the same people are playing the same characters, which is weird. That's due in theaters in 2021. It's worth noting a director of Guardians of the Galaxy was fired, James Gunn. Yep. Well, he got fired. He went over to DC. DC said, here, we want you to direct Suicide Squad. So he accepted, and he's doing that one first. Then Disney said, I don't know, we want you to come back to do Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's going to go back and do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You know, I can see why Disney and these other studios are raking in the billions. How many makeovers, sequels, prequels? I mean, even Star Wars. I got tired of counting the Star Wars stuff when it kept coming out. And now these things with all these characters. The one thing I think it illustrates, folks, is the fact that we thought there were a few... Once you start looking at the list and investigating, even the ones we've seen, haven't seen, want to see, maybe never see, there's a lot of women in key roles that are kind of bad people. <laughs> yeah, and, and we didn't even get, not that these are bad people, we didn't even get to, and I know we're, we're running out of time, Star Wars, the three biggies, Padme, played by Natalie Portman, who's Luke Skywalker's mom and Princess Leia's mom, Ray played by Daisy Ridley. She's the, the star of the most recent Star Wars movies. And then, of course, Carrie Fisher and her portrayal of 
Princess Leia Organa. She's been in the most movies. I guess maybe C-3PO has been in all of them. And even this next one, which is the last, they were able to cut enough footage from previous movies. She will be portrayed a little bit in this movie. Carrie Fisher, of course, passed away right before the last movie came out. Yeah, I know. They're still using some footage. Now that we've seen the Rise of Skywalker trailer on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And yeah. and Ray, the it's girl. going to be the star, right? She's going to be, a, for this movie, she should be a full-fledged Jedi Knight. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But again, kicking butt all over the galaxy for Star Wars. Well, what's the clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Well, Johnny, looks like it's that time again. But before I turn it over to you, as always, we thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. We have a lot of great shows coming up next week, finally, in honor of the 40th anniversary of the original Muppets. We're talking the world of Jim Henson. We'll be joined by a special guest who is a huge Muppets fan and who also has a special announcement for us. In two weeks, we have a top five genre show. Uh, when we do these genre shows, basically Johnny and I each bring our top five movies of that genre up and we, I don't know if we're going to fight each other to convince who's better. No, we're not going to do that. We won't do that. <laughs> we'll have a duel on whose movies are better. The genre for this particular episode is going to be crime, which revolves around stories about a crime that is being committed, was committed, or the account of a criminal's life. Should be very interesting. You looking forward to that? Yeah, there's a couple of couple of classics that go back a bit, not totally current, but they're pretty significant. Should should we like make a deal that the the movie has to be in color? Uh, that'll eliminate this one. Has to be has to have sound. <laughs> it has sound. Okay, it there has we go. Sound. And then in three weeks, we're talking famous movie dialogue. This will be cool. And I was thinking we could probably do hours on Arnold alone. I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. Get to the chapa. Please tell your family and friends about our podcast. Anyone can listen for free on Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio. New episodes will drop every Monday. Visit Johnny's blog on our website, we'retalkingmovies.com. There you'll find additional commentary, show notes, and references that were mentioned in the show. My friend, you are almost there. Let's see, you have uh, one through six covered. This is episode nine. Three more to go, and you're caught up. Yeah, I should be there. By next by next time you're posting, we should be pretty much cleared up. We're getting there. Cool. The easiest way to subscribe to our podcast is to visit our website. We're talkingmovies.com. Scroll into the bottom of the page. Click either the Apple Podcast button the Google Podcast button, or the new iHeartRadio button. Podcast is also available on all of your favorite platforms, except Pandora. If you have a show idea or you just want to say, hey guys, you're doing a great job, send a comment through our website, DM us on Instagram, or tweet us at We Talkin Movies. Also find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash We're Talking Movies. We'd love it if you would like our page. That's it for me. Looks like that's all for today, folks. Until next time, keep your eyes on the silver screen. And as we fade to black, this is Johnny Popcorn and Eddie Klieg saying so long till we're talking again. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Please clear the set.